Good morning. All right. Let's see if this thing works. All right. Perfect. All right. Let's, uh, before we begin, let's look to the Lord in prayer for help as we look into his word. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are so thankful that he, because of his love for us, love for each individual in this room, each person on this planet, sent his Son to die for their sins. And Lord... I thank you that because of that sacrifice we who believe on that sacrifice can be brought into a right relationship with a God who could not be in the presence of sin. But we thank you that love found a way and we Rejoice that there are many in this company who have been redeemed. And Lord, we pray that if any in this room have not known and do not know the Lord Jesus as their Savior and have not confessed their sins and repented of them, we pray, Lord, that this would be the day of salvation. We thank you again for this time. Help us to study your word and by your spirit understand uh, what you have for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, today um, we are studying or ending really the series on the commandments of the Lord Jesus, right? Uh, This would be the last in the series. And the last commandment we're going to be looking at is to go make disciples. (coughs) So it's been 17 weeks of this, and uh, I mean, what a study it's been, right? To look at what the Lord Jesus said directly and um, to try to learn from that. Uh, One thing that struck me as I was thinking about that is that when we look into the Bible as to what the Lord Jesus said, um, we are automatically led to the rest of Scripture, aren't we? That he quotes the Lord Jesus when he spoke, he spoke from the Old Testament. And then as we look at the Bible and he says, you know, he was going to send a spirit, the Holy Spirit down, and he's going to let us know more. And we look at the New Testament and there's more. So this whole, you know, the commandments of the Lord Jesus are are one part of really the whole revelation of God, right? And in the Word of God. And it is... Um, 
sometimes important to remember that, right? It's that uh, certainly this study was uh, super beneficial and and just really good, and we'll we'll go over it a little bit. But you know, just to remember that you know that the whole revealed word of God is is God's word, right? And and not just uh, um, not just specifically what Jesus said is as recorded is is important because really the rest of the word of God is what God is saying to us as well. Right? That's you know it's not just the red lettered part that's the Bible and you throw the rest of it out. All of it you you could start there but it still leads us to the rest of the scripture. But it still was such a beneficial um, a beneficial set of topics to look at and uh um, we'll talk about what that means. In some ways, we could have started with the verse that I'm going to start looking at today for this series, because it sort of encompasses what um, this whole series is about, right? So we'll turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. This, uh, this is a sort of a well-known set of verses, you know, uh, this is after um, after the Lord Jesus was risen from the dead, and he is with um, he's with the disciples at the very least, maybe there's uh, more people in this group that he's addressing. But in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 16, we'll start reading there. It says, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee. So Judas uh, is not there anymore, so that's why there's eleven. Proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain with which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So you have the Lord Jesus giving basically a very short and simple command, but if we think about what happened because of this, you know, they literally changed the course of history, right? That this group, this small group of people, went out and followed this command. And we will take a look at what that means, but we hopefully will be those who carry forward and obey this command as well. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. 
So as we look at this, um, I'd like to just break it down into a few parts so that we can um, you, we can uh, understand exactly and 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 what what this means and what the Lord was trying to help us um, understand. So it says, first of all, it says, "Go therefore." We'll look at that first, right? Go therefore, and that, and that we've been told. It's a good idea. Every time you see a therefore, you have to ask, was the therefore therefore, right? And it's going back to the previous verse, right? It says, all authority has has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Well, that's one part of it. It could be also going back to verse 17 where they say, they saw him and they worshipped him. So they worshipped him because this man, this this man that they thought was the Messiah was now risen from the dead. He was standing before them. Amazing thing, right? Uh, things that they never imagined. And so they worshipped him. And because he is worthy of their worship, and because he's been given all authority, right? He says he's been given all authority. Now, it's a couple of verses that came to my mind when I... I, I um, thought about this in in Daniel chapter 7 you know this is where the you know we've talked about this verse a good bit it's when the son of man is talked about it says you, I'm not going to turn there so that we have, we can save some time but you, you definitely want to note it down if you haven't seen this verse before it says I kept looking in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven one like the son of man was coming and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, honor, and a kingdom. So that all the peoples, nations, and populations of all languages might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Right? And so we know that the Son of Man was one. It was looking forward to the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is that Son of Man who has all authority, right? It says, to him was given dominion, honor, and a kingdom, right? And then in Colossians 1, 16 and 17, it reads this way, For by him... That is the Lord Jesus Christ. All things were created, both in heaven, in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So, the Lord Jesus, this is talking about the Lord Jesus. He is has dominion. He's been given dominion by God. There is there's this power and authority that he carries that is incomparable, right? That is something that he claims and that is what the scriptures testify to. So he says, all authority is given has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And that's exactly right. There's so the point is the Lord Jesus is saying, nowhere can you go where His authority does not prevail. Nowhere. 
right? Nowhere will you go where his authority does not prevail. Total and unmitigated authority is given to God. And therefore, what I'm about to tell you is has that stamp of authority behind it. It has that weight of authority behind it so that what I'm about to tell you is something that you have the ability and you have the authority to do wherever you are. So if you are in an oppressive nation where they don't want you to obey this, he has given you authority to do this because his authority prevails. Right? So we might come to a point where it will be here as well. We're not there yet, but it might very well come. But the point is, when that time comes, we have to say, His authority and dominion prevails over the, the authority here. Right? That's telling me that I cannot obey this command. And so that's why, you know, the, the Bible is very careful about us obeying the authorities over us on earth, right? That have been set up on us. The Bible is constantly, there's many, many verses we could get into where the, you know, the, they're telling us we have to obey the authorities over us. But there are cases where God's authority prevails and we have to obey Him rather than those authorities above us here on earth, right? Because He has dominion. And when he says, go therefore and make disciples, that's what it means. And it is based on the authority that he has. And so we will, as those who are intent on obeying his commands, have this authority. There's no need to fear. There's no need to be timid. We will go and we will obey and we will obey this command alright so that other point is this idea of going right if I, lo- I looked at the word it, it's sort of the idea of traveling or journeying and it could be a literal or a figurative but the point is you go where you need to go you need to travel or journey it doesn't it could be we know some folks in our midst who are in Asia right now making disciples. So they went on a real journey, a long journey. But then there might be us, many here, who are going to their workplaces and going there, right? Or in your neighborhood. But the idea is you're seeking to go to find places to make disciples. Right? We are prone to sort of stagnate in our place, be Christians that just, you know, go on with our lives, right? One day after the other. And, but it's so important as we, and we'll see as we study this idea of being, making disciples, that we can't just be going on this 
journey of life, in this journey as as a Christian, um, and stagnating, right? But we have to go. We have to be looking. We have to be pursuing the making of disciples. All right. So that's one part of this command: go. Based on go, based on the therefore, based on the authority of the Lord Jesus in giving this command, right? And and then it says, make disciples. So that the going is not the thrust of this verse. The making disciples that's the thrust of this verse, right? The thrust of the verse is make disciples of all nations, right? So what does it mean? To make a disciple. Well, what is a disciple, you'd ask, right? The word disciple is someone who learns, right? Someone who, it, it's, it's really a, a learner. And it's somebody, who, you know, you follow something or you follow somebody and you try to emulate that which you are following. You are, they are your example. And, um, the twelve disciples that Jesus chose learned from him by hearing him, by talking with him, by being with him, by observing him. And what they learned, right, they be, they were disciples. They were picking that up. You know, in our modern world, you have um, apprenticeship, right? That's sort of, you're being a disciple of that person, right? And there's certain fields where you have apprentice. Or in medicine, you have... Um, residency, right? Internships or residency, where you know there's the you, you're following somebody, you you learn from somebody who's done it, and you emulate them, and you understand, and you learn from them. That's the idea of a disciple. So when it says make disciples, what we really have to remember is that it is not just making converts, right? Although that is part of it. It's important to remember that making disciples is not just making converts. Surely, we have to help spread the gospel. That's the making convert part. We need, that's part of this call, is that we have to be ready to give the gospel. Right? And we have to be able to communicate to those around us that they are sinners that God is holy and righteous and that you as a sinner are separated from God that you have no chance to be near God unless your sins are taken care of right because he is holy and just and therefore God sent his son Right? We, we, we read that hymn. We sang that hymn. I love the mercy there was... Wait, that's the wrong one. Love found a way to redeem my soul. Love found a way that could make me whole. Love sent my Lord to the cross of shame. Love found a way. So because God loves us, He doesn't want us... He wants to be with us. Each one of you. Wherever you are, He wants to be with you. He wants to be with me. And so He sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die 
for your sin to pay for it somebody had to suffer and so this pure this unblemished lamb this, this one who had never sinned who had no sin in him was the one that had to die to take away our sins and so that that communi- communicating of that fact to, to go out and give the, this gospel is the is is the first phase of making disciples right and we should be committed to that individually we have to be committed to that as a body of believers at grace gospel and and we do right and and you know when we do the outreaches and this is that's the idea we go and give the gospel But does, it doesn't end there, does it? It doesn't end there. It says, make disciples of all the nations. So what, what does that end up? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right? We'll talk about that in a second. The baptizing part. And it says in verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And that's the other part of being a disciple, right? It's you teach disciples to follow the Lord Jesus, to be like him. So obviously that means you need to know how he was, right? What he's about. What are his characteristics? What did he say? And so... But the point is that there is that's that's such a key part of going and making disciples is to teach, to bring them along. That's why we teach the word here. It's part of making disciples, right? To you know it's it specifically says teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and that's what we did right 17 of them teaching what God has commanded you and so this is not I, I think it's it's not just what happens here on the podium it is one-on-one what God is teaching you, you're, we're telling each other, right? What is God teaching you? But it's even more. It's, it's going alongside a younger brother or going alongside another brother, right? It's not, it's not, this command is not just for mature believers. It's not. Everybody can, can do this, right? Everybody can give the gospel. Everybody can come alongside somebody and say, guess what, this is what I learned today. You know, or or this person is sort of going in a, a wrong path. I, I know this is wrong. This is not what the Lord would want. This is God commanded this, this person is doing this and seems to be going. Coming alongside them and saying, that's making disciples. Right? So it's it's... Definitely the gospel, but it goes beyond the gospel. And so we 
my encouragement to to each one of us is to make disciples. To have that idea, this on be on the watch to bring people along. But the other part also is to walk in a way that when they observe you, you're a good example. In a sense, that's also discipleship. They're looking at you, right? So, and 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 the way you, the way I behave in different circumstances, there is a sense of discipleship. And some will come and ask you, "Oh, how how are you able to do that? How, how are you? Why are you why are you able to um, remain calm in this situation?" Or, and then you can speak of the Lord. Speak how he's working. But there's a there's a whole aspect to this making of disciples that I think is is quite important. This this teaching and this this bringing along, and we are we are on like we who are believers, we who are Christians, we who are disciples are on both sides of this, right? We make disciples and we are disciples, right? And so we have to play both sides as it were. We are disciples, we have to be willing to be discipled. We have to be willing to learn the commands of God and follow them, observe them. We have to learn to hear other people, right? When they give us counsel to be discipled. The other interesting thing here is the this this other command as part of this is is baptizing them in the name of the Father. I think that's such an important point. If I was thinking about this commission, right? This great commission they call to go and make disciples. I wouldn't. Baptism was not the first thing that would come to my mind here to be brought out as a point. But the Lord Jesus thought it important enough to bring up, right? Make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. Such an important part of this making disciples, of becoming a disciple, is to obey God's command, right? And He wants us to be baptized. And so we, because we don't, you know, like there are, well, let's talk about baptism for a second. I mean, it's, baptism is, does not save you, right? Baptism does not save you, and and uh, there's nowhere in the Bible that we see uh, see that baptism is is does not wash away your sins. It does not accomplish salvation. Uh, baptism is a picture, right? It's a public testimony of identifying yourself as a follower of Christ, and. It involves immersion in water. There, there's this, immer- this this immersion 
and then you come up out of the water and it's a symbol, right? You're identifying yourself with the Lord Jesus in his death and his burial and his resurrection, right? You're identifying publicly with Christ. You're casting your lot with him as it were. You're and you're you're saying, My old self has died, I'm a new creation. That's all that's you know, that it's a symbol of those things. And so because we don't want to emphasize the baptism because you know some people say oh it's you know it's connected to salvation we try to de-emphasize but here God is emphasizing that as a critical step in making disciples it's a step there's the there's the conversion right the conversion to faith in the Lord Jesus as your savior and then there's baptism to publicly say hey Something's happened inside me. I've changed. I'm a follower of this person and you identify with it. It's an important step. So I, I would encourage anybody who hasn't gone through that to do that because that is commanded here. That's part of the commandment. And you're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we do. You know, when we have a baptism we often go to Jordan Creek and there's a public baptism and we baptize the person who wants to be baptized in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit based on this you don't have to be ordained or gone to seminary or whatever to baptize somebody right a believer can baptize another believer who wants to be baptized. Right? But it's it's an important step in your Christian walk, in each Christian walk. And that's our goal is to make disciples. And part of that is baptizing them. The other thing here is that it says disciples of all nations I love that I mean it's I just want to spend a minute on that it's all nations you know I come to this group I go I go to Greenwood you know when it is a large gathering it is so wonderful to get a taste of what eternity will look like right where where otherwise our ethnicities would divide us where otherwise our economic situation would separate us where otherwise our educational status would would uh, be a barrier to our interaction, where our social class would pit one against the other. But praise God that Christ's love brings us all together. Right? And that is what God wants, that he's going to bring together a people Right? Neither Jew nor Gentile, slave, non slave, whatever, right? Everybody together. So that it says, in Colossians in that there is no distinction between Greek and Jew circumcised and uncircumcised barbarian Scythian slave and free but Christ is all in all Amen 
Christ is all in all. That that is the wonder of such a group. That is the wonder of being in a church where Christ is all in all. So that's our command to go and make disciples. This is not for evangelists. It doesn't say you have to have the gift of evangelism here. Every person in this room can share the gospel. Every person in this room can make disciples. Every person in this room can bring along a believer in their walk with God. So these are the commands that we have gone through. The past several weeks, right? This 18 of them, including today's. And as we sort of spend a few minutes contemplating this, these commands of God that we're supposed to teach, these commands of God that we are to obey, right? It says, Now why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? When we started this, our, and the reason for going through this was not to accumulate knowledge, right? That was not the purpose. The purpose was to say, what did the Lord Jesus say, and are we doing it, right? Are we doers of the word? So it'd be a good time to just think about that. Are we doers of the word? Are we disciples? Are we learners? Are we emulating that 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 wonderful person that we're following? There's a wonderful book. If you have a chance to get a hold of it, you should. I'll I'll have a few couple quotes from there. It's it's the Discipleship Manual by William MacDonald. And He was speaking on, if you look at these commands, they are radical. They are different than what the world would try to tell you. Completely different. Right? Everything the world says, this is not. (laughs) Everything the world puts up as an example, this is not. This is radical. This is, and so as disciples... It's a good thing to think about. You know, no one spoke like the Lord Jesus. The call of a disciple is a life of sacrifice. A life of not going after riches and wealth. Of not pursuing a full belly. Of seeking the approval of God instead of the approval of man. Of loving your enemies and your neighbor. Of being gracious and forgiving of giving generously, of humbling yourself, of judging rightly and fairly. It's a life characterized by not worrying about this present age, yet being alert and ready. Of loving the Lord Jesus more than your family. Of loving the Lord Jesus more than your life. 
is everything that the world is not after. It's a great quote from William McDonald's book. I'll just read it for you if you can't see it. But I put it up there. Sometimes it's good to see as you read. Modern man has developed the dangerous art of taking the radical teachings of the Lord Jesus and so robbing them of their true meaning that there isn't enough left to make soup for a sick grasshopper. Instead of taking his words literally, we devise 60 theological ways of explaining them away. The result is that there is a vast difference between Christianity we see about us today and the Christianity of the New Testament. Today it means attending church whenever convenient, putting money in the collection and giving Jesus one's spare evenings. Is that true Christianity? No. True Christianity is a life of radical discipleship, of sacrificial service, of total commitment to the Son of God. It means seeking first the kingdom of His righteousness. Another quote. The Lord Jesus is looking for people who are willing to accept His teachings literally and obey them even if they don't see anyone else obey. Isn't that true? He's looking for men and women who are tired of living self-centered lives, who are aware that material things don't bring happiness, who realize that Christians are here for bigger business than making money. He's looking for disciples who hate the tyranny of the fashion parade and the food fair, the social world, and the cult of the body beautiful. It's sadly true that we often find ourselves more reality in the average communist or the average cultist than we do in the average Christian. People are willing to do for political and social causes more than we are willing more than we are willing to do for the Savior of the type. This is our call. This is what the commands of God, being disciples, ends us being. That we have a, a higher calling. Right? And I think it's easy for us in this day and age to just go along. It really is. There's not a lot to fight for, but it, but it's coming, I think. It's coming. We're going to have to, when I, when I say fight, I won't literally fight, but there, there's going to be, there will be, I'm convinced, persecution like we haven't experienced. We'll have to, we'll have to be truly dedicated. We can't be just lukewarm, right? We'll have to truly cast our lot with the Lord Jesus. Uh, the 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 pressure will come where we'll have to make those choices. And I'm not trying to bring everybody down, but that's that's the calling, right? Things are going to happen. Are, are we ready? Are we girding up our loins, as it were? Are we putting on the belt of truth, getting ready? For those times, 
to be able to stand for the Lord Jesus, to stand for the truth. And when we falter, when we fear, the Lord has commanded at the end here in verse 20, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Right? That one who has dominion, who has authority, he is with you. So stay courageous. Another quote from David Livingston that I thought would be good to read here. When David Livingston returned to his native Scotland after 16 difficult years as a missionary and explorer in Africa, his body was emaciated by the ravages of some 27 fevers that had coursed through his veins during the years of his service. His left arm hung useless at his side, the result of his being mangled by a lion. Speaking to the students at Glasgow University, he said, Shall I tell you what sustained me during the hardship and loneliness of my exile? It was Christ's promise. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Lo, I am with you to the end of the age. So, let's be courageous, our brothers and sisters. Let's be aware that God is with us, that the Lord Jesus is with us as we seek to obey Him in the coming days. Let's give Him thanks. Our Father, we thank Thee for Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that if there's anybody here who doesn't know Your Son, the Lord Jesus, as their Savior, would would realize that they are separated from God separated from you and would put their faith in the finished work of your son the Lord Jesus Christ in saving them from their sins I thank you for the many here who have put their faith in your son who are saved who are your disciples. We pray, Father, that we would be those who would be going and making disciples. Father, give us the help that we need to do so. And Father, help us to be disciples that are worthy of the high calling that is ours. Whatever troubles and tumult and persecution and oppression come our way, may we stand for the truth, knowing that you are with us. We thank you again for this time that we have had to sing to hear from you we pray that as we go out and live our lives this coming week that we would carry the fragrant aroma of the Lord Jesus with us wherever we go we thank you for the food that we're about to partake of and 
pray that you'd bless, bless it to our bodies and strengthen us so that we might live for you. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.